Hey everyone, this is Jacob DeArmond, your host, and welcome to our episode of Live Right Now, a podcast where we discover and share insights about how life works. This week, we are exploring an interview I did with a, a couple last summer who's been married for many years and shares perspectives and insights that the rest of us who haven't had that experience maybe wouldn't have. And so I'm excited to share this uh, interview with you. It blew my mind and helps me to recognize just what we're in for with regards to marriage and also the great, amazing blessings that come with that. Could you each um, just introduce yourselves a little bit? I'm Deanne and this is Jim Mitchell. We've been married 34 years. Okay. In November, it'll be 35. And we're, we're total, we're opposites in a lot of ways. I'm very loud and outgoing and in everybody's face. And Jim's a little more reserved, you know, <laughs> so total different personalities, but it, it works for us. Yeah, it works for us. We make it work. Well, thank you so much for being willing to be interviewed. Oh, thank you. So the first question I just want to ask, how did you meet each other? What's kind of your story? You, you want to tell her? You want no, me? no. Yours is much more. Colorful. I I was dating his roommate. <laughs> <laughs> I had um I I was older when I went on my mission. I wasn't didn't go on my mission until I was twenty three, and I'd never dated before my mission ever, not one date. Um, I came home from my mission. It was like the floodgates were open. I was going on dates all the time, and I was pretty consistently dating his roommate. Um, uh, and um, but he, I was still. I'd never been kissed, and he wanted to kiss me. And I told him, no, I didn't feel ready yet. And, um, and so he, and, and he also was feeling like the relationship wasn't progressing. And I, I, I was honest with him. I'm a little confused because this is new to me. I've never done this. Um, I, I feel like I, you know, I'm just so new. Well, he felt I needed to date more people. So he went home and asked Jim, he said, would you ask Deanne out? And, and he thought he was asking, like, is that the type of girl you would ask out? And he's like, yeah, sure. She's the type of, well, well would you ask her out on a date? And he's like, no way you're dating her i'm not gonna ask her out but um and so he wouldn't do it and then one night um i think it was the night craig tried to kiss, kiss me again i told him no and he said well you know i told jim or uh, jim is thinking about asking you out and and i kind of got excited and he could tell and so he went home and told jim he said deanne's waiting for you to ask him out i told her ask ask her out she i told him you were going to so he was trapped. He had to ask me <laughs> But we're still really good friends with his roommate. Um, and, you know, he got married and had nine kids. And anyway, so um, all turned out well, you know, but it was it was the right move. He made the right move. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. Oh, but, but better than that, uh, I prayed her into meeting me. That's what that that's that's the other story yeah I was getting ready to go on my mission at 23 and my bishop asked me are you worried about getting married and I told him no as at the time I thought the, you know I told you the Lord had directed me to become a nurse I thought the reason why I was directed that is because I never dated if you don't date you're not going to marry right so if I'm not married I need to be strong I was going to be a Florence Nightingale so I was convinced that I was never getting married that's why I was not worried about it I'm like I know the Lord has other plans for me so it's okay um, I mean, I didn't know that, but I kind of su surmised that in my head. Um, and he and my bishop looked at me and he said, good, because I promise you right now, there's somebody wondering where you are. Um, and he's, he's praying for you. 
And I thought, oh, you know, sweet Bishop, he's trying to be so nice to me. <clears throat> and then later after we were married, I was reading his journal. You know, we gave each other permission to read journals. And, and right during that time when I was getting ready for my mission, he was pleading with the Lord in his journal. Heavenly Father, where is she? I can't find her. Why can't I find her? Where is she? And so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was looking for me. Yeah. Good stuff. But I had to go on my mission first. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you have any experiences or, or stories come to mind uh, as you were looking through those questions and kind of talking about that? Um, well, as I was thinking about, you know, advice and things like that, I remembered the, um, when I was a young single adult and in our, in our ward, the ward we had was not just all young single adults, it was all students living away from home. And so that included some married couples. And so we had some, a, a few married couples in our ward. And um, one time, one of the brethren um, uh, taught Relief Society, you know, taught about advice for marriage and things like that. And he looked at us and he said, and this is something I've never forgotten. He looked at us and said, um, sisters, in 20 years, you're going to say that man is the same man I married 20 years ago. He hasn't changed a bit. Or you're going to say that man is the same man I married 20 years ago. He hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> Meaning that if we marry somebody thinking, oh, I'm going to change him or I'm going to make him into what I want, that's the wrong focus, you know that we're the only people, we're the only person that we can change. As we grow closer, we hope that we grow together as a couple and we hope that we change, but you can't marry someone saying, okay, these are the things I want him to change as, as it goes along. Um, because you're not responsible for, I mean, you're responsible to work together as a team, but ultimately each of you is per per responsible personally for your progression. And that's been, you know, uh, that's that advice has stuck with me that I'm the one who I need to work on things as if things annoy me or, things are, you know, frustrating. I have to look at myself and say, why is that annoying to me? What is it in me that I have to change? And I have to be willing to talk about it and say, hey, you know, this is something that really weighs heavy on my mind and bothers me. What can we do about this and have open communication about it? So anyway, that advice just stuck with me through all these years. <laughs> I also, I had a thought I wanted to share, and that is that um, I think that we may be uh, our, our focus may be wrong if we start to think that, okay, uh, now I need to prepare for marriage. Actually, you've been preparing for marriage since you were in, uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, primary, because you were, you know, you know, follow the prophet and uh, do as I do, you know, learn to follow Christ. And uh, as you are preparing as you're, you're on your mission and everything, and you're, you're trying to become more like Christ, you are, you are trying to improve yourself, even in like, uh, you know, in the scouting program or in the programs that we have now, uh, they're, they're programs that are set up to help you to improve yourself, to become more like Christ. And when we do that, when we were in the, that process, we are improving ourselves and making ourselves uh, closer to the person. We're making ourselves attractive to the person that we want to be with for eternity. And so, um, you know, that, that's what I wanted to change. So, so working on yourself is marriage preparation. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Any other thoughts you want to add with that point? Mm, no, we can. No, that's about it there. Okay, awesome. Um, going going based on that um, that idea of you know the the mission and and scouting and growing up in the church and everything. What are some experiences you feel poignantly have been you know foundational in helping you be prepared for a marriage relationship? Well, to be honest with you, the mission—a mission—is a great thing. You know, you have mission, and you have comp inventory. And comp inventory was the big part of that. You know, you have the study time together and all that. But to sit down, to learn that, hey, I need to sit down and chat and say, hey, what are our goals? Where do we want to go? What are we? You know, what things do we need to resolve? What do we need to work on? Um, Jim, tell them what you had decided after your mission. Yeah, that's uh, so in the in the mission experience, you meet all kinds of different people and you have all kinds of different experiences and you um, and you have to get along with a companion daily. And uh, I was convinced that 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 I didn't want to marry somebody that didn't already have, you know, for me, I didn't want to marry somebody else that didn't have the mission experience themselves, because I felt like it was a perfect um, uh, groundwork for teaching us to, uh, you know, sometimes get along with somebody that we were upset at, and uh, to uh, the things that you learn and the growth that you, you experience in growing more, uh, in, in striving every day to become more like Christ. Um, that I thought that was just perfect groundwork for a marriage relationship and making a marriage relationship work. Yeah. Um, and that yeah. said, not everybody's going to go on a mission, right? But I had roommates before I went on my mission. I had roommates after I went on my mission. And so the difference in how I interacted with those roommates and brought to the table. So those who aren't going on a mission, if they learn that Hey, having a weekly meeting with your roommates is important to discuss the, you know, what are our house rules? What are, what are things? The, the brilliant thing was that after I came home from my mission, I lived with all return missionaries, Arlene, Arlette, you know, Arlette and her sister. Um, I lived with them. They were my roommates and they had all been on missions. And so everyone in the house had been on a mission. So we already knew about that. So we had our regular meetings and we had, you know, apartment inventory type of idea. And so people can learn to, discuss and have a meeting with their roommates because roommates roommating went so much smoother with them than it did my roommates in the past before I knew those principles. So wow. Principles. That's really great. Um it's it's powerful how the same principles apply in you know all different types of relationships. Would you agree with that? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. So so going based on that thought, what are some you know, what makes a good relationship? What makes a relationship work between people? Um, I think foremost, if each person is striving to become like Christ, you know, because Christ, we learn from him unconditional love, because there's going to be differences and there's going to be things that, you know, are frustrating. But if we're close to Christ and can bring him into the, um, into that relationship, then we can see through his eyes better. We can, we can try to understand more the other person and and we can communicate open communication about everything nothing's off limits you talk about anything and everything in your relationship 
and that I think, you know, trying, striving to be like Christ and really open communication are key for me. What were you, your thoughts? You know, there, there's a, um, there's an image that you've probably seen before where you draw a triangle and you say that the, uh, the man and the woman are on other sides of the base of the triangle and God is on the top of the triangle. And as, as each of you grow closer to God, you become closer to each other in, in that experience. Uh, you know, just, you know, physically, when you look at it, that, that is, is definitely, you know, I mean, it's an image that we can see and it's the reality in life. Um, some images that are, I mean, some things that I wanted to share on that point are that uh, sometimes people say that uh, <clears throat> it's a, when you go into marriage, it's a 50-50 proposition but it's not, it's a hundred percent from one person and a hundred percent from the other person. Now the problem, not the problem, but the reality is that we each bring different and beautiful skills and, um, and blessings to that relationship. And so we need, you know, the challenge for us is to meld those things into a relationship that, um, that is eternal. And um, so you, uh, in, in doing so, you have to, to dwell in the positive. You have, and the positive, again, is Christ's realm. If you, if you look at, you know, if you read the scriptures, you realize that uh, through all the negative that he, that he dealt with, for all the negative that he suffered, uh, that Christ lived in the positive realm, okay? And that if we want to become more like Christ, we need to dwell in the positive. And that includes how we treat our companion. Uh, and that should be that we should, uh, we should be focused on the positive. We should see their skills. We should see their, their talents and their blessings and the, uh, the things that they do each day that are positive. Uh, the things that become uh, relationships become difficult when our minds start to dwell on the negative and um and that 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 hurts a relationship that's that's uh, you know it, it brings a relationship uh down um now along with that the other aspect that i wanted to share is that um is that we uh when we when our our focus is on the other person's needs instead of on our needs, that's when the relationship flourishes. It really flourishes, and and uh, and we need to just today. You know, this this fine lady next to me, she uh, she's sitting in the worst chair in the in the house. Okay, and she chose that that way. She said, "Okay, well, you know, here's the best chair. I'll give that to Jim." And and I'll take this chair that's difficult to sit in, and um, that's just who she is. That's what she does, and uh, so we we need to um, we need, our thoughts. We are going to be blessed when we're thinking about what what's going to make my companion happy. What's going to what what's and. And another thought that I wanted to throw in here in case I don't get it on another question, Jacob, is that um, 
our image, the image that you have of marriage or of life, I've got, I've got news for you. It's going to be shattered. Okay. It's going to break apart. And now that doesn't mean that you can't be happy, that you can't be joyful. It just means that the, the ideal that you, that each of us may have of how life is going to turn out is, is going to, it's going to fall apart. It's going to get shattered. But the beautiful thing about any mosaic that anyone has ever seen is you take the broken pieces and you rearrange them differently and you put it back together so that uh, something that was, was simple before is even more beautiful after you put the broken pieces together. And so uh, learning, accepting that that uh, the ideal is not always going to be met, but that we can uh, we can still uh, keep our objectives and our goals in mind, and keep working toward those, and take the broken pieces of our image and make a beautiful mosaic from that. I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And um, also, that in the not fo in the fo focusing on the positive, you pick your battles. You know, so he leaves the toilet seat up, or so whatever. Those are he honors these priesthood. Which one do I care more about? Absolutely, the priesthood. I, and he doesn't. He's really good. He's always put it down all of our lives, all of our married <laughs> lives. But th that's something that I hear women complain about. I don't personally have that problem, but others do. Uh, or the toothpaste cap. You know, you hear all those little nitpicky things. Those are just insignificant of the world things. And if it bothers you that much, let them know. If they still won't change it, then put the cap back on if you like, if you want it on. Those things, you know, let pick your battles, you know, and don't let things build up. Don't just get frustrated about them. Talk to the talk to your spouse about them. And if that's still something that they want to do, then let it go and you know, move on, you know. <sighs> so uh, I feel like I'm in a gold mine here. It's, oh. it's so cool that, you know, how each of us have different perspectives that come from our experiences, you two, you know, being married and having years of experience in that type of relationship is an experience I don't have and many other people don't have. And so we're looking at it from this outside view and maybe this kind of idealistic perspective that you're talking about, that you know, that maybe is a little unrealistic in some ways. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is, you know, going, since you're both return missionaries, um, you've had, you know, on the mission, you had companions for, you know, six weeks, or maybe a month, or two months, or three months, um, but what is it like, you know, having a companion for months, and years, and, you know, going on decades? It is so comfortable. <laughs> It's comfortable. Uh, you know, when we were, when, when this, the pandemic happened and everybody was isolated, I said, you know, I told him, I said, there's no one else I would feel so comfortable with just not being able to do anything and just being able to, when I'm lazy and just sitting around, my daughter got me started on playing Zelda. And so I'm an old person who plays Zelda. Um, and there were some days when I would just be overwhelmed or tired and that's all I do. But I I'm comfortable doing that because, you know, I know I work hard most of the time. And so, you know, I don't care about anyway. I just, it's just, it's very comfortable. Um, I can be myself. I can do anything I want. Um, he can do, you know, we, it's just very, it's very comfortable for me. There's no, um, yeah, there's, there's just, I don't have to walk on eggshells or worry about anything. It's just, it's very comfortable and different thoughts for you. Yes. Um, so, 
when you were growing up, you had a best friend. You had somebody that you you loved spending time with, and that you would always seek them out. Uh, and you that was your primary person that you would just you know when you wanted to go play, when you wanted to go to the movies, when you, you would choose that person all the time. And when you went on your mission, you dealt with uh, all different kinds of personalities, and you were with them. And sometimes you you dealt with behaviors that you didn't. You, you know, you didn't appreciate, you didn't want, uh, but you, you know, you dealt with it as best you could. You made the, you know, made the best positive decisions that you could about that. And you had a great, uh, and, and you had a positive experience with that, uh, relation, that companionship. Uh, but then what if you could choose your companion? And that companion could be your best friend. It just doesn't get any better than that. That's good stuff. Please join us for part two of this episode on principles of dating and marriage from Live Right Now.